So welcome to another episode of My Best 11 podcast. Uh, today, um, as ever, we have Marvin Johnson over in the States, but we are joined by a man who was born my side of the world, as I just found out actually, um, born in um, Australia um, and has played for a number of clubs, but probably best known for playing f- um, for both Luton and Leicester as well. So today we are joined by David Oldfield. How are you, David? I'm very well. Thanks, Andrew. How are you? Yes, good. Thank you very much. Good, good. So, and how are you, Marv? I'm good. Thank you, Andrew. I'm good. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hey, Marv. Nice to see you. Very professional, Marv. Yeah. I mean, I've been up quite, well, it's half, it was midday, yeah, two o'clock here now. So, I mean, didn't want to... been up an hour. Yeah, exactly. Very (laughs) professional. I am. (laughs) Excellent. So um, what we like to do, um, those people who haven't listened to the podcast before, what we can do is go through formation, then a start at 11. And as we go through, Dave will try and give us a few clues, a few hints. And I'm sure Marvel gets a few and I'll guess a few um, as we work our way through. So um, what formation are you looking at, Dave? Uh, I'm going to play with a goalkeeper, definitely. Um, so it's we're going to be... Um, Sometimes you feel about a goalie, you have to play him, don't you? I think it's in the laws of the game, so you have to play a keeper. We're going to play a 1-3-4-1-2. So three at the back, four in midfield, somebody in the 10 pocket and two strikers. Excellent. Quick count of that. Mm -hmm. I was kind of handling it right. It's the one at the start that threw me. (laughs) Yes, I've, uh, yeah, I like to try and, I think, you have to include the keepers in your formation. Lots of people will just say three, four, one, two, whatever, but I try to include the keeper. So, yes. Have you had a few sooky goalkeepers in your time as manager? Uh, goalkeepers are definitely uh, different, aren't they? They they are as crazy as the saying goes. So it is, um, it, it, it is a different yeah scenario with the keepers. But like I say, sometimes you'd like to do it without them, but uh, the laws demand that you play with somebody with a different colour shirt on, don't you? So that's... Uh, they have to play. Excellent. So we'll move straight in there whilst we're talking about goalkeepers. Who have you got in goal? Well, there were some really good keepers. Um, uh, some of my Luton experience, that early time at Luton, there were some fabulous keepers, the likes of Les Seeley and, and people like that. I remember my little excursion with the under-21s. There was Nigel Martin who uh, went to play um, a lot of games. Kevin Paul, Gavin Ward at Leicester as well. Uh, I remember being at Manchester City with Paul Cooper, who was... Brilliant back in the yeah back in the days, Marv, when it's really good. He used to save a load of penalties. He was coming to the end of his career then, but he was a brilliant goalkeeper. He wasn't the tallest, but just commanded the place and organised everybody and was, was fantastic. But actually, um, I've gone with Dibs, Marv, Andy Dibble, yeah. uh, which I'm sure we'll get some shouts. Uh, he was unstoppable, unbeatable when he first came to Luton Johnson. I don't know if you remember, we couldn't beat him in training. Yeah. He was making saves everywhere, and he was absolutely fabulous in the in the Littlewoods Cup that time. So, as as much as there was some really good key, Ian Fuel was great. Kelvin was brilliant, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, for Luton, and uh, I remember being at Kate with Casey Keller, Marv, who's a, obviously American lad. who was at uh, Millwall. Casey was brilliant right. as well. But I think I think overall, Dibs just takes it. His shot stopping ability, he'd come for a cross, it, it kick it a long way with his left foot not perhaps yeah. the most subtle of a strike but uh, a big <laughs> strike whether he could feel it into a yeah into a little wing back now would be another question but he would certainly get it turned and and and, and hit the center forward in the head so yes to start with i'm very happy i've gone with dibs Andy. i mean i have to agree with you i mean i've done like 
my best 11 a couple of times, a few times, and I've gone between the two of them. It's been Les a few times and it's been Andy Dibble, like you said, and I use that same sort of like information about, he was unbeatable in training, literally unbeatable in training. Well, I, I, I don't think I've seen anything like it since then. Uh, and that we, we were kids then, Marv. Yeah. So, and we, we were lucky enough to stay in it for a little bit and play a few games, but, but Dibs was literally unbeatable, wasn't he? In, the, in, was, in training and the game, you were, he was picking up saves, low saves, high saves, big saves, feet, uh, fingers, whatever, fingertips, whatever. He, yeah, he was, uh, he was tremendous. And his potty, he, he fits that goalkeeper. Yeah, he, <laughs> he fits that goalkeeper, goalkeeper band really well, doesn't he? Because he's absolutely. Yeah. There was one time I remember at Man City because I, I, I followed him from Luton to Manchester, and we were on a, a pre-season run back in the days when you used to run at pre-season one of the water parks around Manchester somewhere and we were doing the run and it, it, it was around a lake or part of it was certainly love and um, it, Dibs was at the back he wasn't the greatest runner he was, a, he was a big man wasn't he and that sort of stuff but he decided to wade through the reed and to swim across the lake to try, as a shortcut and he, he got he got stuck couldn't get out the other side he obviously had his training kit on he was just couldn't get out the weeds and everybody had finished we were just giggling so much and Dibs like like the man from Atlantis just kind of got himself out, out of the lake. Was, uh, That's typical Dibs, though. That's typical him. That is him. That is him. If I'd have told that story, Mark, if I'd have told that story without saying his name, you would have said... Oh, uh, yeah, I would, have, I, would, I would have got it. I would have got it. It was, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just chuckling away myself here. <laughs> I can just imagine that. <laughs> who, who do you support, Andrew? Who's your team? Uh, Luton. Oh, OK. Andrew, sorry, Andrew grew up in Luton, Dave. Grew up in yeah, Luton. I was born in Luton. Right. I only moved out here when I was 25. Oh, got it. Okay, brilliant. I mean, that, that's, that's Luton as well, isn't it? Once once you're in there for that club, it's a, it's a very special club, isn't it? That and I blame my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one it is. It started off as my dad and then it ended up as a passion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent. So move to right back. Who have you gone for a right back? Well, I've got wing back. Well, kind of right back or what, what do you say? Backs. I was going to say, if you've gone... Obviously, you've gone three at the back. What are you going to go for? Oh, well, well shall I go centre half first or the wing? Centre half, yeah. Do centre half. Centre half, yeah. Well, in all seriousness, Marv, uh, you you were you were definitely in consideration. Also, I know you you're not not in the team, Johns, but you were the, your your service to Luton and your and your attitude and willingness and quality was a definite contender. Okay. Um, I've gone for I've gone for a three at the back. Uh, I remember playing with the likes of Colin Hendry uh, at City, and Mal Mal was brilliant. Mal Donaghy was brilliant <sighs> at, at Luton and uh, that sort of stuff. But I've gone for on the right side, Steve Davis. Um, Steve was from my second spell back at Luton when I got, when I back, back, went back to Luton from Leicester, uh, and Stevie was just brilliant, wasn't he? He was uh, a yeah. great defender, really strong in the air, brilliant feet. Um, brave, uh, could organise us, led us, could run, could read the game, was, was a really good defender. I know that um, when we were at Luton, we were in League One or whatever we were at that time, but Steve, Steve played much higher and, and, and had a really good career. And he's definitely uh, that right-sided centre-half um, with, with some strong contenders. The likes of, uh, like I said, uh, the mouths of this world or uh, uh, Colin Hendry, who, who, who could do anything and play for Scotland a hundred times or whatever he played for, was, was a brilliant was a brilliant defender. And that's exactly how he used to defend with that tenacity and that bark. So um, it was uh, it was good for that. On the left side, 
So I've got Stevie Davis on the right side. On the left side, I've got a real stalwart from Leicester. I, I, when I was looking back through some of the teams I played with, it, it's really tempting to be all Luton boys, all, all Luton players from that really good Luton team. Um, but Are you talking about Walsh? Left, I am. I'm talking about Stevie Walsh, who was, who was again... A, a defender in the in the old-fashioned sense of the word yeah. would make tackles, would head it, would be brave and honest, would, would lead by example. Had a great left foot as well. It was a brilliant left foot. Would clip into channels. Would play into midfield. Would break lines with the pocket. Uh, would head at the back post. Would 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 be a real threat uh, attacking wise as well. And actually, he played um, certainly towards the end of my time at. Uh, as a centre forward too, so and, and scored a lot of goals as a centre forward and scored goals, crucial goals in the cut in the promotion cup final against Derby. So, Walshie has to be in the team. Left sided as well fits into that left foot, uh, that left sided bracket. All right, you're rubbing it in there. You can move on now. I, I was left footed, Dave. All right, thank you. Oh, you I was, was going to ask. <laughs> I was going to ask. We've actually had a, quite a few um, Leicester um, people who play Leicester and Luton. It seems to be ironically Leicester, Luton, and Burnley. We seem to see a bit of. Uh, Com- um, commonality in a lot of the teams but a lot of people have said Steve Walsh or Matty Elliott did you play with Matty Elliott as well? No I was just a little bit before Matty he, Right he, okay. came, he, he was I, I was, he was at Oxford more, before wasn't he? Yeah he was I was the more Brian Little era uh, and, and Matty was more sort of Mark McGee and certainly um, Martin O'Neill uh, Yeah Martin O'Neill when, when they really they really got it got it going and had the really good side and um and was winning the cups and, and getting getting trophies as well. So, uh, no, he, he I think he would have certainly he would have certainly been a contender, wouldn't he, Matty? But yeah. But for my time, Walshy was fantastic, and and, it, and he's still very important around Leicester, still very important around the club, and uh, and and is a is an important factor there. And I think he's uh, he was a very good player, really good. Player. Mm-hmm. And and centrally, you, you, Marv, you can guess who, who's going to play centrally. Fozzy. Um, okay. Yeah. Aussie gets us organised. Um, absolutely, there was was was. I mean, what can you say about Steve Foster? He he was brilliant. He got, was. The, the only thing perhaps you could say against him was he tried so hard to get Mitchell and Tim just to stay in shape so he wouldn't <laughs> get he wouldn't get exposed. But but he was he was so good. He he, he would head it and he would pass and and and, and organise and and battle and, and and be really at the forefront of everything we did. And that was such, Marv, it was such a, looking back on it now, it, it, it was a real privilege to try and break through or to be around, certainly around that group of really strong players. So, uh, so Fozzie was almost, sitting there definitely. Most definitely, I think. And then like you just said, I when I first got into the team, it was when Mal um, had a, an injury, I saw a reoccurring injury, had it for a couple of weeks. And then my first real experience was being, because there was only two subs in those days. And so I was named as one of the subs at Highbury at Arsenal on the weekend for this game. That was my first game. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like that Highbury. And, and I'm thinking, I'm excited. But on the other hand, I'm pulling myself in case I have to go on. Because like it's like it's at Arsenal now you're playing the Arsenal, but I mean luckily and thankfully for for us that Mal got through the game. But then the following weekend, I mean, it's one of those things where the injury probably just got the better of him. I knew that he wasn't going to be playing, and and Ray said to me, "Oh, you're going to start at Wimbledon." Back to him, fire John Fashion up front. So I mean, 
again, it was, I mean, very exciting to play. But I mean, yeah. first league game and, and as everyone knows, I mean, I do like to dribble and come forward with ball. And, and unfortunately for me, that was the, my first game when I, I don't think I was overconfident. I mean, I don't know. It just, it seemed natural for me to just to take the ball forward, but I tripped or stumbled or, or something and they went through and scored. And as you know, um, God bless him, Les was very vocal and rightly so. Fozzie, yeah. I think, Knew there was a because this was in the first half. Knew that I had the rest of the game to get through, so wasn't too bad. Yeah. Was vocal as as Les was, but I mean, it was a great learning curve for me to be playing alongside Fozzy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Les as a as a young player was tricky, wasn't he? Because he was he was very vocal, but as you <laughs> as you grew and and understood the demands and what is needed and required. You, you realise that Les was was the right side of that demanding line and, and needed players who could play properly around him. I, I remember scoring against Les in training once and he absolutely hammered me, said how lucky I was. and, uh, and He just wanted to win. He just wanted to clean. I, I was like, whoa. But he absolutely... But it, it was what it was. It just... Yeah, he had a real desire. And I think Steve King, Foster really incorporates all of that, doesn't absolutely. Things he spoke about, Les, <laughs> about in the warm-ups, didn't he, Andrew? He said, because he was obviously two subs in those days. And in those days, it was like one of the subs used to put balls in. And Kingsley cross said, <laughs> cross in and stuff. He goes, to get through the warm-up itself without him being as vocal and, <clears throat> and volatile as he was, he said, Marv, it was easier to play the game. Should I have to play the game or come on? It was easier, he said. And you can believe that. I can believe that. It's, it's interesting to hear about his son, isn't it, trying to get involved in Macclesfield and all that sort of stuff. And just having that memories of, of Les is, is really fun memories and really big, sharp learning curves for us as young people. Yeah, really good. Do you remember yeah. the so, Millwall game? Sorry, do you remember the Millwall game? The Millwall game? The... Away. When the game got Millwall. Yeah. Me, you... And I think Kingsley, I've, I've spoken about it before. I'd never forget that. And we got beat. And I think, I don't know if you can remember, at the back post, we had, we, I think we lost 2-1. And I think Fozzie was going to head it. And I don't know, you come from nowhere and took it off his head. Do you remember it? Do you remember it, Dave? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. And Les went absolute ballistic at Ray saying about these kids. We're not going to be doing, doing anything like this. And I've got a mortgage to pay. But it was a real world, I suppose. But I mean, it was very... Um, let's say interesting. <laughs> it, it, it was it was sharp and it was what it was back in those days. It, it, it is what it is. It's um, it, it, it took a while to understand those demands and, uh, and what it was. But we, we also grew eventually to to making sure that we stood our ground and that we had some some semblance of of standing up for ourselves as well. So it, it was it was a learning environment in that. So Definitely. It was tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was uh, it was good, but it was tough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause right there, Dave, and we'll hear a, um, a short ad break from our sponsors, and then we'll come back after the break. We'll hear um, more from your team. Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at My Best Living Pod or mybestlivingpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Excellent. So we're back for part two um, with David Oldfield's My Best 11 podcast. So far we have in goal, Andy Dibble, 
Steve Davis, Steve Walsh, and Steve Foster. Lots of Steves. There's three Steves. I was aware of that. <laughs> it's the back wow. Steves. It's definitely, definitely the case. <laughs> um, so we're moving on to your uh, midfield now. So you can start on the wide men, wing backs. I don't know what they in a four in a three fourth. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Wing when you're not playing kind of the orthodox kind of five as well. It's a bit a bit Gareth Southgate esque. It, it is. It's um. It's been around for a long time, but it's in vogue a little bit at the moment. Um, I, I found it tough with the wing backs. There was, uh, I mean, Mitchell and Tim, Tim Breaker and Mitchell Thomas were, were absolutely magnificent for Luton when we first got in the team. Rob Johnson was around in those times as well. And it was that they were really strong, strong combinations, um, great people, really uh, good quality defending, great engines and really worked well going forward as well. So none of those boys have got in the team actually but I can't quite understand why even though I'm choosing it but um, it was I've, I've gone you sound like Narf blaming somebody else that even though uh, it's your own choice it's, right, <laughs> it, 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 it seems uh, it, it is what it is but uh, on the left hand side I've gone for a heavyweight left footer from oh. that's, that's, in term, that's in terms of his strike not in terms of his body shape he's got had a, such a heavy slamming left foot that would hit was he was he was he with you at City? He was with me at City. Yes, he was one of yeah, the. I think I, I might have. I left, yeah, when I left Luton, uh, and uh, I was very lucky to have a choice between uh, two clubs came in. West Ham came in for me, and Manchester City came in, and, and I went to speak to John Lyle, and really enjoyed. Went to his house and had a really great afternoon there, and it really, I was so impressed coming out. Uh, but City were also in the frame and I went to see City and, and, and City had a really good crop of, of young players. Stevie Redmond, uh, Ian Brightwell, David White. Uh, All right, and, David, and this, who was the manager at City then? So I can try. Who was uh, the manager? Who took me to City was, was a manager called, called Mel Machen. Yeah, yeah, okay. Who, uh, Bournemouth. Mel, was it Bournemouth? It was Bournemouth, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really good person. Uh, calm, knew exactly what he wanted and how he wanted to play. It was good for the for the boys around. And in the end, I decided to join City, probably because of that kind of crop of of young ones, that, that young players that I could sort of hopefully slip into or, or be around. Um, and Andy Hinchcliffe is the left back, yeah, as I think him, yeah. left wing back who who was um, it was a tremendous, good defender, brilliant with the ball. Get, got forward, delivered crosses, got himself into attacking areas as well. Uh, was reliable, <laughs> really good lad off the bit. We had a, a, a good sense of humour. Really enjoyed being around him and, and, and playing and that sort of stuff. And and would hit 60, 70 yard crossfield balls from left back position to right wing for David White to gallop gallop on down the wing on and, and that sort of stuff. And it, it was it was a good time to to be. I wasn't at City for long. It was a short spell. Uh, I got how moved long, on. How long was he there? I was there, less than a year I was there for. Howard Kendall came in and wanted to bring quite a few of his ex-Everton boys in. Uh, and I was I was moved out for, um, I went to Leicester on a swap deal. So I wasn't there for long, but that's, I really enjoyed my time at City. It was a fabulous club, uh, a real eye-opener to the size of the club and how important it was around the community, which it still is. I mean, all the clubs are, but City is, is a fantastic football club for that. But I mean, it's, it's changed enormously, almost unrecognisably, but it still has its hearts in its heart and roots in the in the community community there. And what, um, so, what they did was it Division One when they when you joined them, Man City. We um, I joined City in at the top end of Division Two, and West Ham were at the bottom of Division One a little bit, and I had a fear that if I went to West Ham, we may struggle, and that City hopefully would 
we'll get promoted. And we managed to get promoted that year and then step back into into League One, uh, Division One at that time. So, and there was a good crop of, of young players. And, and David White, for example, is in contention for that right-sided role. I think if it was a 4-4-2, it would have been definitely David White galloping down the wing, played for England. Unbelievable pace, really good quality, crossed a great ball. Actually, I remember um, scoring against Luton, actually. I don't know if you remember it, Marvin. Yeah, I was probably meant to be marking you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, I would never mention this. <laughs> no, but, but you're, talking about, you're talking about at Main Road, aren't you? It, main Road, it was a diving header, yeah. which I'd never... It, I don't know where it yeah. came from. Yeah, Dave. Out the blue, but I, it was a brilliant... I played, in that game. I, I played in that game. Hey, was it something like four or five? Uh, do you remember what the score was? I, I know Kingsley I played, and you you would have played, and uh, and I, I remember I remember, I remember got, uh, Johnson. I remember going into the dressing room and sitting next to you, and, and certainly Kingsley, in the away team. You won't remember, but I remember. Go and on. um, and it was about an hour before kickoff, maybe maybe even a little bit closer to. Kick-off. And I was just just chatting because with my friends and that sort. I'd only been City for I don't know, blue like a, a few weeks or whatever it will be. I can't quite remember. It would have been. A few months, maybe it was a catch-up time, and I, and I was sitting there, and then and then the coach, it wasn't Ray, it was it was one of the co- I can't quite remember who it was. He went, "Oi, what are you doing in here?" And I went, "I'm just, you know, get out." He was absolutely right. What am I doing in the Luton's dressing room for like an hour before the game? But he said, "No, out, go on, out." You can see him afterwards if you're lucky and, and, and get out. So, uh, yeah, but um, diving header. It was a diving. I got lucky, fully. but on the right side is another Luton player. Played most times at right back, but he's going to play at right wing back here. Played um, played probably close to a million games in total, probably even more yeah. than you, Marv. Um, oh, various clubs. Yeah, 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 you know. Guess, yeah, you can I guess? Know. Yes, of course. Who is it? Is it Graham Alexander? It is. It's Greza. Yeah. It's Graham Alexander. Good guess, Marv. It was. Greza again was in that second spell back at Luton. It was absolutely brilliant. It was. It was. Uh, a career in right back, got forward and tackled, could pass, tenacious, a brilliant lad, brilliant person. Um, so he's, he's done fantastically as a manager as well and I got around it, but was was so reliable and consistent, uh, tenacious as I say, and ticked all those boxes you needed from those from those areas. And it, it was a, proper, a really... A, a proper footballer. He's a footballer out and out footballer, one of typical Luton player in my respect in the way how he struck the ball and passed the ball and drift drive the ball sometimes into your as a as a fall into your feet just an all-round like you say a top top player yeah I think that's a really good point because because Luton was and has and, and, and is now the, the club is doing well again now and it's um that type of player isn't it full of energy full of quality and wants to pass the ball wants to be on the front foot wants to be aggressive in attacking and aggressive in defending too and, and Graham certainly uh, fitted those bills so so he will him and Andy Inchcliffe will play uh, in those wing back areas Cracking players yeah. both, both of course play for their international teams as well Inchcliffe only get a few yeah. games I think because he was obviously held back by quite a few amazing left backs in the time um, we went to Everton and then Graham Alexander of course playing a number of times for Scotland Yeah he did yeah. he did, he did. And, and it, 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 has to be, it has to be mentioned with Graham the amount of games, professional games, the yeah. brilliant clubs he actually played. I mean, it's, I'm not quite sure how many, but it was, did he meet a thousand or 800? Yeah, yeah, over a thousand. Something, yeah, he, I mean, that's an incredible achievement. We, we had him on here, was it two weeks ago, was it Andrew? Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. 
and and Andrew had the stats or something like what was it in the world? So you had some oh. like he was something like he played the twenty second ever, twenty second oh, wow. ever most appearances in the world, Dave. Have any professional footballer in the world? Yeah. That, that, well, that's that's incredible. That that is, it really, is that's, a, that's a brilliant stat. What well, I mean, Marv, he, Marv is he, Marv is twenty um, first. <laughs> what? Go on, I'm waiting for the punchline. No, you're twenty first ever. You made twenty first ever of I think it was of games missed from. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought he was going to say was 21 good games. I thought that's what it was, but uh, that's, uh, that's not... I was uh, waiting for that. 21 Maisy runs every game or something. <laughs> so where, so in this formation, day, where would you where would you play? So I know you, sometimes you played centre, sometimes you played in the right. Where that's would you question. play in this formation? Or would you... I, I know some most people don't pit themselves in this, this team. No. You're allowed to. I, most people don't. I, I, I agree with Andrew. I think I know where he's getting at because, like... You was, I didn't think you was an out and out centre forward, even though you could play there. But at the same time, I thought your best spell or best games were when you were playing coming from deep midfields, attacking yeah. sort of a more of a midfielder sort of thing. It, 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 it's all my career was almost split in half by the times I played as a midfield player when I played as a striker. I, I didn't score enough goals for to be an out and out striker. I didn't. Um, I was the one who did the running and or got around it and, and did all that work. I wasn't an out-and-out out goal scorer. Uh, but I could also play midfield too. And I, I went to, I broke in the Luton team as a forward, went to City as a centre-forward, went to Leicester probably as a centre-forward, but Brian Little put me back into midfield and, and I flourished there for a few seasons. Um, came, went to Millwall as a midfielder stroke striker, came back to Luton and played mostly up front with the likes of Thorpe and, and Tony Thorpe and people like that. Went to, to Stoke and played midfield. Uh, came to Peterborough, played midfield. Went, went and finished at Oxford as a, as a midfield player. And that. So, so it was it was split. I, I, I'm not anywhere near this uh, with the likes of Steve Foster and people in the team and, and the, the, the midfield boys that I've, I've, I've gone for anyway. I, I wouldn't get in there and I wouldn't get up in up front either. So it, it's almost a moot point really, but it... it I probably I really liked playing as really liked playing as a forward, but probably a, a, as a centre mid where I grew up as a centre. It, it, it was a youth team, Marvin John Moore and and David, David Coates. Coates and, yeah, yeah, people like, who, who put me up front. And John Moore is very influential. Was David Coates was too, but John Moore was was very influential certainly for me, and I'm sure for you as well at that yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, that's how I sort of ended up back into that midfield or, or centre forward role. So it, it's been. Yeah, a, a split. Really yeah, just talking about your your centre for. I mean, not. I mean, we have to mention this because one, I was playing in the game as well, and two, not many teams go to Anfield and end up with a a draw. And you scored the goal, wasn't it? Well, one one. Do you remember that game? This before they played in the cup final. Was it in eighty eight? It was. It was in that end of. It was in the end of the eighty eight season because. Yeah. I, I managed to get an opportunity in the team after the Little, Little Woods Cup game because I think Brian's team was injured uh, or, or, or something. It was in, it was in that period of because we had to catch up some games. Yeah. Uh, and, and I managed to score at Anfield, which is, I mean, I can still remember it now. My memory is, yeah, is, is faded and, and all that sort of stuff, as everybody's is. But um, I was very lucky to remember that goal. It was a great pass from Rob Johnson. I just managed Rob to... Johnson, a great pass. Yeah, 1-1. Well, yeah. And I mean... It was 1-1, uh, yeah. 
it was, I mean, Aldridge played and I think the actual goal, I'm, again, marking him. But, like, to be fair to myself, I mean, I don't think I could have got much tighter and it was a hell of a bicycle kick he did to get the ball in. I'm going to have to Google it this morning. Yeah, Google it. Excellent. So, moving into central midfield then, who's going to play next to, that's kind of that shield? Yes. Well, I've got... um, I've got a, a kind of a three. I've got the two midfielders and a, and a ten, but I, I don't. Okay. I don't have a natural ten particularly. So the three would really rotate around and and, and run on and do what they've got to do. Um, getting straight to the crunch. The, the middle two uh, are both brilliant players. Uh, one is Ricky Hill, who who was as good a player I've I've ever played alongside. It, it makes Hill my was, eleven easily. Easily, yeah. Thanks, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Hill was different class. He, he was. I didn't really play with with um, Paul Walsh. He kind of gone, but hit Ricky Walsh. Senior. It was such a brilliant group in there. Uh, so Ricky Hill is definitely. There's no doubt. I remember. I remember as a 14, 13, 14 year old when I first got involved in Luton, standing on that terrace where we used to get free tickets to stand, and I, I used to get a bus to Luton. Um, you know, you know where the terrace is at the top, Marv, and then yeah. you walk down and you walk down behind the main stand towards the dressing room. But that standing area on the right hand side where it used to be, yeah, I know. yeah, uh, I used to stand there. And Ricky used to just take the ball on his chest or control it or ping it out wide, and you could hear the thud of the ball. And the, it, it was, yeah, he was a fantastic footballer, could do anything. He was a really yeah. clever footballer, could be powerful and strong. Could be subtle and and, and 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 devastating in his attacking play, but it was a brilliant leap. Could head it. Uh, it was and he's a really nice guy as well, isn't he, Rick? So he's, he uh, is. And yeah, I'm just thinking, the just thinking there, Dave. I mean, I I mean, me Andrew and myself can check this. Any every player that we've had on, I'm thinking Andrew now, who's been at Luton has pitched Ricky in their team. I think. Yeah. I think I wouldn't every be player that's been at Luton. Has picked Ricky in the team. Hold on, I'm just checking. If they've played with him, I'm talking now. Like obviously, there's the likes of Steve Davis and Graham Alexander. Yeah. But I'm thinking every player like Kingsley has, Mick has. Um, yeah. I'm trying to. Scotty Oakes did. Scotty Oakes did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. yeah everybody yeah. has. You have. Yeah. I would. Mike. Mike. Mike you all did. Yeah. Mike. You all did. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not surprised. But there's, yeah. there's that. If you were around the Luton of that time, that there was such a strong spine to that group. Uh, I mean, Danny Wilson isn't in the team. He was brilliant. Uh, yeah. David Priest was brilliant, wasn't he? And uh, all those all those people from that time. I didn't mention Gary Mills, who was brilliant at Leicester for me, who was at Forest in the European Cup that time. And um, it was some really strong players. But so what did Ricky to- provide you as a, full, as a centre forward? What did you love or why did you love Ricky in what- particular? I, I wasn't. I don't think I'd have played a huge amount of games with Ricky because I was a bit. Even in training, what did he do? I mean, what what but, did but, he? But I wasn't, Andrew. I wasn't good enough for. And I'm not being modest or anything. But this is a couple of stories about a couple of these players. I, I didn't. I wasn't. I couldn't read them. I didn't manage to to sort of subtly get on their passes and stuff. I was just trying to do my best. Whereas these boys were a, a street ahead. So Ricky would would pass a ball and I'd come short and he'd go long or, or something like that. So it took me a, a, a long time to, to, although by the time I'd left to Manchester City, I hadn't been in the team for that long, but um, it, it, I certainly improved quickly. And, and, and he's, he's 
quality of his pass, how he passed at the right side, his weight of pass, his encouragement is... is uh, I, I played with him at Leicester as well, actually. You're talking about the Leicester connection. Him, Ricky went to Leicester and, and, and Rob Johnson was at Leicester. I remember David Kelly was at Leicester. I remember driving up. We used to meet at Milton Keynes. Um, Ricky, I think, was in Luton or whatever. David Kelly was perhaps down south. Rob used to come across, I think, from Bedford away. We used to we used to meet at Milton Keynes and and share a journey up, take turns to drive up to Leicester. And I remember going up in Ricky's. Uh, what what car would it be? Cosworth, Cosworth, yeah, the RS five hundred oh, Cosworth. If we were ever late, we, we we would hammer it up the motorway so fast, so so fast. Well, a couple once or twice we got there, and 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 the lights, the headlights had popped out the front. It, they, they, the the speed we were going out for little spells, and I know between. Whenever, just only very small spell. He's a very good driver, but just the acceleration on that car. Just, yeah. I just remember there going, whoa, sitting back in your seat, going, wow, that's uh, and that's how Ricky played. He, he could have been a Rolls Rolls Royce Cosworth, couldn't he, Ricky? Without yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. Um, and the other the other one in midfield in that central area is Paul Lake. Oh um, yeah, City, I City. I was. Um, I didn't give you a chance to guess him, but he was. He got injured. Like he didn't need he did his knee is crucial. I think it was or something along those lines and, and, and didn't recover. It was so unfortunate. Uh, and I remember going to City. I remember seeing Paul Lake before I went there. Uh, and there was a game I watched before I signed where he he, he swallowed his tongue actually, like and everybody was really worried about him and he got carried off and all that sort of stuff. But getting to know him and getting around him, he was just covered the ground so quickly. What was was so dynamic, powerful, and strong. Again, really good on the ball, great in the air, a, a, a big man, physical, but also really subtle as well, and, and could play anywhere. Could play centre half, centre midfield, um, centre forward, probably. Uh, and it was really, really unfortunate to get injured. Uh, a really nice guy. He's very, it's still important around City now, and in, in, in those representing that era. And, and I think he, uh, I'm really pleased to have Paul Lake in the team because. He, he had to pack up so early, was on the brink of the England team when he got injured uh, as a young player, the full England team, and, 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 and was really, had so much potential, had so much to give, and it really was so unlucky, so unfortunate to, to have picked up his injury. Um, but I'm very... Because, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I mean, if you were to try to give us an opportunity to, to guess, I might have probably got him, that's how good he was, even though he didn't oh, okay. play... That many games I, I heard about him um, from obviously the city and like like you said he was on the brink of playing for the full England team and he was still very very young everyone was yeah, talking about yeah. Paul yeah. Lake you know so he, he, so he, you he, mentioned he, sorry yeah. no forgive me I was just going to say how he covered the ground he, just how how one moment he was there and the next minute it was like you're playing with three or two extra players his ability to get around and, and get about and with really high quality I could run around. But Lakey had really high quality. So you mentioned when you went to uh, City and obviously you stayed in the, you were in the ground and watched watched the game and, and that type of thing before you signed there. And I'm a Luton fan, Miles Luton fan, so we're not going to offend um, Fat Luton here. So we're kind of asking the question ourselves. What's the difference between, um, you said mentioned a big club like uh, Man City. And I know they were yo-yo in the 80s. Luton were a much bigger club than City. Um What's the difference? Was it walking around Main Road? Um, did you get a tour there and, and just walking around and feeling like you're walking on no. kind of sacred no. ground? Or I know they had the no. 
No, I didn't. No, I didn't get that at all. Um, I, I, I got I got an immediate feeling when going to City because, like I said, it was there was a young group there that that I was keen and uh, and felt very lucky to go and join. Uh, what I learned really quickly about, for example, Luton and Manchester City is the only real difference between the teams. Uh, forgive me, between the clubs is the amount of that the passion is the same, the intensity is the same. The the, the 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 love and their dedication to the club is the same. It, City have more supporters it, 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 from the Manchester area, and how 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 like I said, how important it was to the community. We used to do. Uh, I, I was a first team player. We were all young lads. We used to do a pantomime at Christmas for the for the Junior Blues. We used to go around to the pubs and do the. the, the there were so many supporter clubs sort of sat around that Manchester area. Oh. And a lovely area as well, around Main Road, and of course back there in Moss Side. And <laughs> well, but, but there was so many supporters around there, and you used to go all these places and and and, and, yeah. and see the real fans as you were made to feel so welcome. But but I know that Luton fans are exactly the same as that, and and so many of the football club fans are. They have it's why we're so lucky to be involved in football because it generates that passion and and and, and love for the game, and 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 that's a really fortunate thing to be involved in. And I realised that City was just a bigger club, uh, not not any difference in terms of anything else. It was a, it was a not better, noisy. but just bigger. It, it was bigger, it, but it was it, it, the passion is the same. It, it was noisier yeah. because that huge kipax down the side. It was brilliant to play there. I really enjoyed playing at Main Road, the the, the main stand there as well. And it, it, it was it, it was a yeah a, a really big sort of. The learning curve for me quickly that the expectation level was there, even though it was a Luton was such a brilliant team, it was it was still a smaller club to Luton in terms of uh, forgive me, a smaller club to, to City in terms of the of the size of the sport and the fan base. But it was um, it, it was a really good a, a, a time to be there, and it, I was I was sad to leave City. Uh, I was excited to join, and I was sad to leave, but I was lucky, very lucky to have joined Leicester there, uh, a club that was just sort of starting to get going. Dave. You had um, that, was it um, England under twenty one cap? Was that at, when you was at Lute, Le- Leicester or City or Luke Luton? No, it was at Luton. Um, well, in the it, first spell or or the second spell? Yes, in the first spell. Yeah, in the first spell. It was um, yeah. I only played the once. We played Sweden at uh, Highfield Road, Coventry. Um, okay. We drew one each. Uh, and, and there were a few City players in that group. Uh, Inchi was there. David White was there. Ian, Ian Brightwell was there. Paul Lake would have been there. Stevie Redmond would have been there, I think. Um, I mean, Nigel Martin was in that group. Um, I, I had a look when when you very kindly invited me on here, uh, what the group was. And um, uh, Steve Sedgley, I think, was there and one or two others. So it was, uh, yeah, it was around that time that I got it. I think um, it was back in the day when you played for England, the 21s, and you stayed where you were. Um, I was gonna, that, that, that was the reason and the question I was thinking like Australia could have been literally well Marv nobody went back to Australia to play in those days <laughs> you couldn't imagine travelling back to Australia to play a game and then come back to England it, it was nobody ever done, did that so Australia right. really wasn't wasn't particularly a factor although I qualified and I, I was invited to, to two or three camps for Australia uh, in the years past but I couldn't play because of this uh, the under 21 appearance so it was a uh, at times, a little bit frustrating for that because I, I, I might have been fortunate enough to play for Australia too. But um, it, is, it was what it was. And, and back in the time when I was making the decision at, 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 for the twenty ones, I, I didn't hesitate because, like I say, nobody, no. nobody went back to Australia. Really. But also, again, the reason behind that was you. Knew, well, I said you only, but like 
it wasn't that many games. It was like 39 or 30 ish games for Luton. And that that was your first and one and only under 21. I'm thinking that you, you've sort of like would have kicked on more and gone to Man City. You've gone to Leicester and, and you're probably more experienced now. And you're playing, obviously you do get older. And obviously, you, I mean, you can only pay for the 21s to a certain age, but well, I'm yes, surprised I, that. I did. I did come in at the back end of of that age. I, I was I was twenty, almost twenty one when I had that game. So it, it, it wasn't um, from memory anyway. I might have to check the records, but uh, it, there wasn't. I, I, I do wonder sometimes if there was a bit of cementing Oldfield down for England just in case, um, right? Because you could do that back in the day. But but I was also doing well, so I was there on merit as well. But it was. Um, I do remember. I remember my, one of my first goals for Luton was in the Simod Cup Marv at Everton. Um, as, uh, as that, that, was, that was my first full game and for, for the club. I mean, the, I call that Probably mine, mine as well, or, or certainly yeah, around yeah. mine. Yeah, and, and I remember I managed to score twice. Kingsley was brilliant as well. You were brilliant. And I remember the, the journalist talking to me afterwards who, who knew nothing about me at all. And all it said in the programme, uh, and I remember this, I don't remember many things, but I do remember this. All it said in the programme for the day was uh, David Oldfield born Perth, Australia. So everybody assumed that I'd just arrived or just come off the, the boat with the plane or whatever. And, and I was, I, I was, so, so it was always Australian David Oldford from that on, from that time on, because nobody had any ideas that, uh, that I've been over since a kid. So um, yeah, it, it, I mean, who, who knows, but it was, uh, I feel very lucky to, to have played for, for England 21s. And even though I it did deny some opportunities to Australia, maybe going later on, but that's soccer. So yeah. yeah, it is. It is. So moving into your attacking midfielder or you say, I know you said the three interchange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've gone for um, a Leicester player, a really, really good footballer. Very intelligent. Did he, did he, sorry, sorry, to sorry to interrupt you there. Did he play at Luton as well? No. Oh, OK. I just wanted to rule out uh, Gary uh, Parker then. Gary Parker. Not I was Park, thinking no. No. Parks, is, Parks comes along kind of, um, yeah, the Danny Wood. He's, I mean, Parks was a great player wasn't he? he played Leicester as well didn't he in the bit all where he played and, and I remember I was in digs with Gary Parker when I was a kid and it was uh that was a learning curve in itself with Parks. I was uh, as well what what do you mean you was it what where with Mrs. Well, Goff? He, he, no I, I, he was at Mrs. Ball's for a start and I think oh. he went to Mrs. Goff's afterwards I think Mrs. B might have just had enough and then I had Ricky <laughs> uh Ricky McAvoy too so um but Miss, Mrs. B Mrs. Ball was very important for me, uh, in Points' Road at Luton, she looked after me when I was a schoolboy going in for the, the summer holidays and the holidays, and I stayed there when I became an apprentice. So I remember, I remember getting the bus. Marv, you met, so you and Mrs. Go, so just up, not just up the road, yeah. So sixty-one, um, number sixty-one, yeah. wasn't it? Was it sixty-one? Two four out, yeah. two four out. I think I was so along along those lines. So it was a bit further down, the next stop down. But I remember, uh, yeah, I remember pinching, trying to afford a fillet of fish. And that McKenna's at the bottom of the bottom of Kenworth Road, and then getting on the getting on those late buses, and you just got out of the shower, your, your hair was freezing on you, and, and you're trying to get on. You're having a fillet of fish before you went home for dinner. And yeah. Mrs. B would say, "Hungry? Yeah, Mrs. I'm hungry. I was, I'm hungry. Mrs. Yeah, she used to feed us. Yeah, so that was. Uh, she's lovely. I remember her, Mrs. B. Yeah, yeah she's. Uh, yes, God rest her. She was. Uh, she was brilliant for us, and we kept in touch the whole way through. When I left Luton, we 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 were still in touch when we when I packed up. So. Uh, it, she was uh, very important, but this midfielder, Marv. So, so not okay. Marv, but, but this midfielder right. was at Leicester Le in my early Leicester days. David Pleat took me back to Leicester uh, when he was there, 
um, took me from Man City to Leicester. And there was a really good core group of professionals there. Really, um, Ali Mocklin, Paul Ramsey, Gary Mills. Was he? A, was it? Was it? Was it another Gary? Was he a Gary? He is. A, he is another McAllister. Gary. McAllister. Gary. Yes. Gary Mack was a tremendous footballer. Uh, really, really good. Almost a, a Ricky Hill quality, really. Great, great feet, um, cleverness, plays around the corners, really good pictures, knew exactly what he wanted to do before the, the ball came. Um, good, good, good pass short, good pass long, good score shots. Was another one who could drill a ball, ping a ball with a huge amount of accuracy and power. And, and you had to learn how to receive it. Otherwise, you get a, you get a Scottish uh, turning off. Absolutely. Well, but, um, he, he... He went to Liverpool. I mean, let me. He went to Liverpool. Liverpool won the title at Leeds. Won the title at Leeds, or was he yeah. after they won the title? Yeah, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, he he was top class player. There's no doubt. Very good player. I mean, he's doing well with Stephen Gerrard now, isn't he? It's uh, at Rangers, and they've got they've really got that going again. Um, uh, he, he was a high class, top class footballer. There's no doubt about that. And so that so that midfield really of Paul Lake, uh, Ricky Hill, and Gary McAllister sort of rotating around that area. Uh, alternatively, Ricky uh, doing what he's doing, Paul Lake running on, getting back, Gary McAllister pulling some strings, linking with you. you could, that's an exciting midfield there. I think that yeah. could uh, be a bit of uh, oh, definitely, could, definitely. Could, and a lot of the young, a lot of the younger fans will probably see Gary McAllister as more that holding midfielder, the one who sits back. But that's naturally what most players do as they get older. They 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 kind of they become that kind of holding role, the, the sitting role. Yeah. As you got later in your career, David, what 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 did you do? Did you did you come back? Did you kind of slowly go backwards as such on the pitch? No, probably backwards as a player, but not backwards in position. <laughs> but um, I, I actually went the other way because um, I, I, by the time I was packing up, I, I could perhaps hold the ball. I, I could use the body a little bit better. My touch was okay. So, so I, I could be that sort of centre forward that you could link and try and play off at, at, along those areas rather than be a, a, a more sort of ball-playing centre midfielder. I, I, I was, um, I tell some of the players now, I, I was, I, I would nick a ball as opposed to a crunching tackler. I, I would try and nick it and, and drive on with it rather than all that sort of stuff. But, uh, and, and Gary Mack wasn't really an out-and-out out 10, Marv, Andrew. He, he wasn't a really... He's not a received back foot and slip people in. He was a more all-rounder, high-quality mid- central midfielder. Yeah, uh, good energy, decent legs, really good feet, uh, and could play in those areas. So that that three getting around each other would be uh, would be good. So he's not neither of them are really out and out ten, even though we have that position. But to get them at a midfield three, I think is uh, oh beautiful. And then going up front, the most poignant well, question: Did you pick yourself? I can't even. I know you said asked. you don't think you're good enough, but it's always worth the pun. Well, n- not even close. Not even close. Um, I didn't even think about getting me in the team. There's no. There was no doubt that I wasn't. So I wouldn't get in the squad or probably get in the club. But um, it, it is what it is. That's not a problem at all. I'm, I'm. I tried hard. I played a few games and, and worked as hard as I could to, to be the best we could do, uh, to best we could be. So that's really what it was. Centre forward, so that there were some really good ones. I've managed to find a little list. I mean, I played with Kerry Dixon at Millwall, Niall Quinn, Clive Allen was brilliant at City for a spell. Um, learning those little darty runs from Clive Allen, just kind of try and get out of people's eyesight and then come back in behind them was really Mickey Newell was a really good player. David Kelly was, was fabulous at Leicester for a spell. 
Um, uh, I remember playing with David Speedy, uh, Ewan Roberts. Uh, uh, Lester was a real handful and a real. Oh, he was a handful. Really old-fashioned centre forward with with really strong in the air and worked really hard and and, and was a great to be around him in the team and all those sort of players. Young young um, Joe Jordan, he reminded me of. He had no. He didn't play with his teeth in. He had to take his teeth out. He had no teeth yeah. on teeth. And I'll tell you who else was brilliant at that time, uh, Julian Jochim. Julian was unstoppable with his pace, real power. It would hit a shot so quickly, with no no back lift, would, would catch people by surprise. You've named a few there, David, and I'm guessing none of them have made it, though. You've named a they, few. They, they haven't, but you know who the two centre for. They're, they're both Luton legends. They are, they're, they're, they're both in on merit. And in terms of of probably playing at the highest perhaps part of that first division back at that time both Correct. these players yeah both these players are are in are unrecognizable i mean clive allen was brilliant wasn't he and there were some really big players and then there's some other players perhaps not quite the international ones but really fantastic but these two were, were both mickenstein yeah, yeah. Uh, brian brian was different class brilliant finisher um, I, I, I remember watching him in training. He used to love the way he would go cold on his shots and wait for the keeper or find those areas or just so clean a finisher. And, and Big Mick, I, I, I think if Fozzie will forgive me and, pro- and probably Ricky too, but, but Big Mick sort of encapsulates it, incorporate, especially with how well he's done now, the current Luton Town team and how, how well regarded. He, he, he kind of is almost a talisman for all of us. It's he, Mr. Luton. He yeah, he represents that kind of that era brilliantly, and and to still be so relevant and important now in a in a really good Luton side um, that uh, that the gaffer there has done has done brilliantly to get going and, and come back in and hit the ground running again and all that sort of stuff. So so Mick and Brian are, are definitely the two centre forwards. Um, they they link really well together. I mean Mick was Mick, well, Mick was unbelievably brave. Again, I I, could, I wasn't quite good enough. To quite understand, I couldn't always get on the end of Kingsley's crosses. I couldn't, I couldn't quite read when he was going to cross because he just dropped his shoulders so quickly and would whip the ball around and around the fullback. It took me time to get onto that. Mick's cleverness with his gliding headers or his his subtlety of his touch or his uh, his power or, or or the opportunities that he should have created for me more if I was if I was clever enough to pick onto those second balls. But but the the two together was was a really uh, a really strong combination, and I'm and definitely uh, uh, well worth uh, being in my best eleven. I, I think um, not, they wouldn't get too many arguments from from me because I think both both those players would be in my um, best okay. eleven again. Like you said, you got to look at the time when we played with them. It's now it, what they call the English Premier League. It's a top, top division when we were playing with these players, and so you'd like to think that. I mean, you. They are going to be obviously the top of the tree because you're playing in the best division in the in the country at the time. So, I mean, it'd they be hard for, to England England. argue. So again, they play for England. They play for England, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. For Luton, but play for England for Luton Town, and and I mean that's with, with I think Paul Walsh did as well, didn't he? And uh, maybe one or two, whatever. But I mean that's in itself is an incredible achievement, and 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 it's I, I feel very fortunate to have been around the club at that time when it was. Such a strong, um, uh, strong place to grow up, without a doubt. Yeah. Right, can I go were, back? To, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on, Andrew. Go on. Um, if you were a striker, 
Um, who would you have preferred to play with out of the two of them? Who do you think would have brought the best out of you? Well, I probably played more with Mick than I did with Brian, in all honesty. Um, pro- probably Mick. Brian, Brian would have... Um, Mick, Mick could create something for me and all that sort of stuff. Brian, Brian was a goal scorer and, and would, have, would have used me as a dummy and, and had a shot. Uh, rightly so. That's not a criticism, but he, he was of that ilk where he wanted to score and get. I mean, even little Steeny Mark. Mark Steen yeah. was was tremendous, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Back in those times. So, um, I, mean, I, don't, I, I, I disagree with you, Dave. I think if I mean, not saying that I disagree that you probably had more success with Mick. I think Brian probably would have been in better because of your pace. I think, and with Steeny not being that quick. Which he wasn't. Maybe. He would probably maybe yeah. drop more deeper and find those a bit like a a, a King Douglasian Ian Rush sort of like combination. Ian Rush he was really quick. You're quick, and not being disrespectful to Brian, he had a great, fantastic football brain, and he would probably be the creator more so like a Douglas to find you running forward more. That's just yeah. yeah. I think you're probably right. I'm, I'm thinking more of of what my standard was at that time. <laughs> uh, right. it, 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 perhaps if, a little bit later in my career, I would, I would definitely live with Brian really well because I, I, I could, my, my runs were better. The timing of my runs would have been better. It, they wouldn't have been just straight runs. They would have been uh, more diagonal or more across the line or, or, or more V-shaped, come short to spinning behind and that sort of stuff. And that, that would have definitely flourished with Brian because he was such a clever footballer. And, and it, it, it's, I, I, I speak to those boys rarely. I speak to Mick every now and again through the football bit. I speak to Brian every blue moon. I don't really speak to the other boys very often, right. but it's always good to catch up with the likes of Brian. Uh, and he's, he's such an important player, I think. And uh, certainly around that time. And, and is a really clever, clever footballer. Like you say, really good touch and, and brings people into play, but also a really good goal scorer and a, and a, and a real threat. It's interesting just hearing you talk today about your time growing up at Luton. It's, and always going and saying, oh, well, you wasn't this, you wasn't clever enough or about your runs and stuff. So, I mean, it's interesting. Do you, was, do you think you wasn't coach? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not paying disrespect no. to any of the Luton coaches, but like, I feel in a similar sort of way. I don't remember anyone saying, look, this is what you should do. And we did certain sessions, which people do today, of back four or whatever. It was more of a case where you sort of like learned by experience, basically, really, by one, watching yourself, or two, yeah. just in the environment itself, us growing up and developing. I think I think that's really interesting. I, I wouldn't go that far, probably, Marv. I, I didn't feel uncoached. I, I did feel, I do feel, looking back now, how, how raw I would have been. Um, so it would have been some coaching, definitely, and the experience you've just spoken about, and and and, and trying to learn as quickly as, you, as we can. I, I know that I, I, I was... A runner and I needed to run and, and it was um, I remember sort of later on in my career when you get a bit of a sort of more of an experienced tag around some manager would think actually you need a rest now or you could you, you, you need to save your leg or else but whenever I rested I was never as good I had to I had to try and keep going and keep working so I don't know if it's about coaching Mark because there were there were some influential people there Trevor Hartley 
around it and, and, and John Moore and, and, and really some really good, as I say, David Coates before and people and David Pleat himself was was absolutely vital in terms of how he wanted his club to be and how and to play, uh, how he insisted on the passing and, and, and getting getting that really forefront and everything we did. But I know that I was, and really that's, so when I'm saying I couldn't quite do that yet, I couldn't, I've been more along those lines that, that, that I, I still had so much to learn. Right. It's just, yeah, yeah. like, it was just hearing you talk at night and Mick spoke about it. I mean, again, he had Steve, he had Fozzie in his, in his team and he said, and you mentioned it as well, exactly what Mick said. It was a case of where, it wasn't a case where Pleaty or anyone said, look, this is a back four, stay solid. It was Fozzie who was saying, like you just said, stay in here, Mitchell, stay in here, Tim. He was the one who sort of like kept the reins on it. And Mick mentioned it as, as well, didn't he, Andrew? He, yeah, Mick mentioned yeah. the same thing. He, Fozzie was the one who said, look, stay in here, get beside me, and then stay compact. And it was just interesting to hear you talk about, obviously, just saying about, about your rawness and stuff. I mean, again, I wasn't being disrespectful to anyone saying that we, we no, wasn't no. coach or, I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't coach, but I mean, it was a lot of a case where I think back then, for me, maybe similar for you, we were playing with, when we got in the team, men, what looked like, they were grown men at the time, whereas now, it, I don't feel, you don't see these players in the team. I mean, they are men and probably at the same sort of age of when Fozzie and Mick and Healy and Steenie were, but they just look more younger than them if it's so to speak, and they're still the same age and they're men. I doesn't I just start fathoming it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean it, I it mean, was both, it was a sorry, Andrew, carry on. Well I was gonna ask, but I mean both of you boys, um, you're talking about you teams. You never went out on loan. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but neither of you have went out on loan. Do you think that would have been something that could have helped both of you? I mean, for me, I think Dave's probably the similar, Andrew. We got into the team. Uh, quite early, very early. Yeah, no, and, and I'm just going. I'm going off the back of what you just said a second ago about yeah. you learned as you went. You would have, and the kind of you were chucked straight in with men, which is good in one way. But do you think going out on loan, which is what it's done these days, um, you drop down a couple of. Do you think that have actually helped? And I mean, Dave, Dave's much more involved in kind of the professional side of football in England at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? What well, no, I agree okay. with Mark. We were we were better. It was better for us to get in and around. Luton Town's first team. There's no yep. doubt about that in my mind, especially at that time. Um, I, I went on loan once from Leicester to Millwall and had a, had a really good experience with uh, Mick McCarthy, uh, Millwall manager, and some really good players. I met quite a few Aussie boys there, and actually, um, Dave Mitchell and Jason Van Blurk and people like that, who, who uh, Ali, Alistair Edwards, who, who were around that kind of Australian scene too, which was, which was really good for me, really good to, to get to meet those boys. Um, but being around, I think being around that strong, characterful Luton Town squad w- w- was as, certainly as good as uh, going out alone. It, it, I think it did leave us, you, you had to sink or swim to a degree, but luckily that w- we managed to, to grasp something out of that, definitely. And it was a, as a, forgive me for repeating myself, it was a team and a squad just so full of characters and experience and, and, and really good footballers. That, I mean, even the young ones like the Gary Parkers and the Tim Breakers and the, and the Mitchells and the Rob Johnsons and Ray Daniels and who else is around there? Marv Stacey's. Yeah. Um, who, who else would, forgive me if I haven't mentioned anybody, but that even, even that kind of group above us were, were really good footballers, really good players. Uh, and it, it, Luton, there was a chance to get in the first team at Luton, Yeah, wasn't there? It, yeah. It, it's, uh, 
That was it. I think that was a, the big thing. What you've just said there. I mean, as as young players, we we were recognised, be it um, David Plea, Ray Hartford, John Moore, whoever it was, that we had a part to play in going forward, even though they were men, which is, I think is a big compliment for us. The thing that they that we're good enough, one, and not two, feel that maybe they're not going to be ready and send us out on loan. So, I mean, I, they, I mean I'd rather have, have definitely have competed and sunk or swim and hopefully... Um, I swam because obviously, like I did, I mean, I played a few games and ended up being captain for the... How many did you... Um, four, I think 400, I think something like 400. Just yeah. just 386 or 396, something like that. Right. I mean, again, looking back now, I had a load of injuries which probably held me back, especially for, for, for me getting the team as young as I did. I mean, it's that's probably the only disappointing thing that I didn't get as many appearances as maybe some of those I mean I got a good few mind you I mean but like not as many as being up in the top yeah I mean five or three or whatever of, of some of the players who I think Ricky Hill obviously played and moved on and still had more appearances at Luton and Brian you know come in late I think and then come from non-league and um had a like a good few appearances and I think it's just the injuries you know the injuries helped Definitely. Back them not having that many injuries, I suppose. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I I was fortunate with that. I didn't get a huge long term, so I, I managed to. I, I didn't make many tackles, Marv. You obviously tackled <laughs> much more than me, mate. So um, I didn't get too many uh, touch wood of those. Uh, yeah. Excellent. So um, you mentioned quite a few influential people there: Moore, Harford, um, Plate, Coates. Um, who's who would be your manager yeah. to to manage yeah. this team? For this team. Um, well, well D- David Pleat was obviously very influential, was, was there when we joined as apprentices, uh, was a schoolboy in apprentices and then left and went to Tottenham. Um, uh, and, and I left Luton not long after that uh, and had my time at, at, at City. Uh, and like I said before, I wasn't at City for very long. I'm very lucky to, to have had a spell at City and I wasn't at Luton for long, but I was at, at, forgive me, at City for long, but I was at Leicester for four or five years or it was. And David Pleat took me back to Leicester. He left the club and Gordon Lee took over for a little spell. And then the manager that I have chosen uh, came in there. I've, I've got a, I've got a list of, I mean, Lenny was, Lenny Lawrence was really important when I came back to Luton. Uh, I was with Barry Fry, John Lyle, my very small time with John Lyle. I couldn't believe how I came away just thinking I'd love to play for John Lyle, how he spoke and how he sort of talked around it, that little spell. Mel Machin, Dave Sexton was the 21 manager. And I just want to throw in now, this just before I mention who is going to be the manager, how important my dad was, how important my father was, who, who would take me around all to the games and would be uh, would be always supporting there. Not always supporting me vocal. He was sometimes very tough and and, and harsh, but fair and 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 would would do his very best to keep me on those right lines. And uh, he, he was very influential. But the manager I've chosen for this bit was the manager who really, I feel, turned around or really got Leicester going again. Um, Leicester City beforehand, the, the Birchinors and Worthingtons and a really brilliant football club had, had struggled slightly. But when this manager came in, um, made some changes, came in with uh, a couple of really important coaches and we really started to kick on and we got to the, the championship playoff final three times in a row uh, in that time so little. it's Brian Little oh, yeah it, it, Brian Little was brilliant was his man management was brilliant um, 
Although I had a falling out with them at the end over a, over a car. It was back in the day before Bosman. So you, you could, they could keep your registration and you couldn't go anywhere and all that sort of stuff. But overall, the way uh, Alan Evans and John Gregory were the coaches at Leicester at that time. And, and, they, and they fostered all a really good... Villa, uh, Villa, weren't they? All ex-Villa players. All ex-Villa. All ex-Villa, that's right. And Brian Little and John Gregory ended up managing Villa, didn't they? They, they, they did. They both did, yeah. yeah both of them were done, yeah. Yeah, they both did really well there. And, uh, and Alan, Alan Evans was really important at that time too. That they were really, it's the first time I'd really seen a sort of like a, from my point of view, perhaps a really important sort of trio of, of management. Uh, how uh, often it was a manager and an assistant, and that's what it was. But these three were very important together. And, and Brian got us working really hard, really wanted us to be uh, a group. And, 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 and the spirit and, and the camaraderie around that group was was really strong. Phil G was there, Ian Ormond droid, Colin Hill, uh, Gavin Ward was brilliant. Uh, Ward is one of a, one of my good friends. And, and, and it seems on the one hand, such a long time ago, but on the other hand, you can still remember that feeling around the group. And it was, uh, it was a good time for, uh, to be at Leicester. Uh, and, and as I said, we got to the playoff, playoff finals three times in a row, uh, lost the first one on a, on a very dubious penalty, uh, lost the second one 4-3 after coming back from three down to another really dubious penalty. And then Stevie Walsh scored twice against Derby the following year. So we, we persevered and eventually got uh, promoted through there. So Brian Little uh, has got the nod for that. And he's uh, yeah a very important manager. Oh, yeah. Excellent. So oh. Dave, um, we, we normally finish um, again with you being an ex-Luton player. We'd like to know what is your most memorable Luton game and why? Um, most memorable Luton game. Well, I scored my only hat-trick for Luton in my second spell there um, against Preston at Kenilworth Road. That was an important game for me. Um, but, but that little spell probably when I first broke into the team, I managed to score against Watford um, in, the, in the Derby game. I managed to score, like you, like you kindly mentioned, at Anfield. I managed to score... A forest, I remember, at that time, and 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 that kind of little period. So, to probably, if you'll forgive me, Mark, rather than saying one, right, no. that, that, no. that kind of that kind of little sort of six to eight games, whatever it was, at the end of that season after the after the Littlewoods Cup uh, adventure that the club had, that that that's probably my most memorable time of of that of that. That, that was around the Simop Cup goals and. And just yeah. breaking into that, breaking into that, um, that group would probably would certainly be the most memorable time of Luton. I feeling like you belonged, or, or yes, or feeling like you were trying to progress, Fe feeling like you, that there was an opportunity and, and you wanted to try and grab it and, and keep working hard. And it, the, the the plastic pitch, the artificial pitch for me at Luton was really important. Um, you could get out there and practice or kick it against the wall. The, the gym underneath the stand was really important to all of us. Playing volleys and tennis, but I remember John Moore used to smash it against the wall, and trying to just trying to head it like John Moore, and I would come off the side of my head or flick on, or but and then and then trying it. The volley, those volley games, Mars, were brilliant, weren't they? We they, spoke they, about it the other day. See, see, we had, um, Kevin Foley was on, and so he, again, similar. 
the, the it made it it made us. I actually believe that that gym underneath was the one. Like Kev explains it brilliantly. He said like you get in there early before training, and then after training you get back, have your lunch, scoff that down, get in there again, <laughs> then come back in the afternoon after training and get back in there again. And there's there used to be queues in there, day. There used to be queues in there. It was it was it's it is so refreshing and, and again to hear this is what I mean this about this podcast that to have ex-players on and players who I grew up with and play with and players who I've coached being Kevin Foley talk about the passion of that gym and getting over to the volleys gym I, I mean it it, it it must be uh, I'm sure it gets mentioned by everybody but it, I mean it was certainly important before we got there and we were in the mid-80s or whatever it was and, it, and it, I'm sure it's still there now and, and still in they probably filled in the alcoves now and flattened the wall off or something or tried yeah, to probably but playing it remember the wall bars you could get under the wall with the yeah in the alcove yeah it's yeah, trying to, try to play gary parker in there or whatever, outside the boot serves on the half volley yeah and, uh, yeah important times definitely so so i think that little period Marv, would be uh, the most memorable oh, brilliant and for those who don't know i mean I've, i know I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners do know um what what i mean what are you up to at the moment are you i mean are you still involved in the game obviously we spoke i know what you know what you're at and what you're doing but just for our listeners to get an idea of what you're well what have you been doing and what what you're doing now yeah I, i've i've wanted to try and stay in the game when i when i packed up playing um, and I managed to be a coach. I've, I've coached um, the youth teams and the reserve co- managers. I've been assistant manager at various places. Uh, and at the, at the moment, I'm in. Uh, I'm at Oxford City in Conference South, um, trying to. We're part time. The boys, the boys, all have jobs, and, and their attitudes and their work is is nothing short of sensational. Really, that that they're trying so hard to, to do all we're asking them to do. So I feel, yeah, fortunate to have um, still been involved in, in the game now and, and, and having a little spell as a manager and trying to make the decisions and trying to, to pick a team. So after being an assistant for quite a while and, and a coach, a, a development coach at previous ages now to, to try and really nail it down to try and make the right decisions to win some games, it's, it's been uh, uh, a really yeah good experience for me and good, some good fun. And, and at Oxford City, they have... Uh, two owners who have the club's best interests at heart, Andrew, and, and that makes a real difference. That they're trying to to do the right thing, and we want to try and build on, on what's happened, the good work that's happened previously. So it's there's a little opportunity there. So I'm enjoying I, myself there. I have got one more question because you've just just talking there, just jogged my memory, and it's just thinking the assistants like Burton and then QPR. How is the connection with you and Jimmy? How did that come about? Jimmy Floyd has a man. Cause I mean, for those who don't know, Jimmy Floyd was the manager at Burton and brought David as his assistant. And then when he went to QPR, he brought David along with to QPR as an assistant. How did that happen? Well, a mutual friend effectively from my wife. She knew a friend who knew Jimmy and I got to know him quite a few years before we we got together from Burton I didn't know him particularly well we had a very important sort of meeting beforehand where Jimmy told me what he wanted to be and I told him how I wanted to be as well and we found some mutual ground there Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was brilliant he was brilliant at at Burton he was brilliant at QPR we we felt a little bit unfortunate to have left when when we did but it it happens it's football Um, and, and he would have he would have, if I'd have played with Jimmy, he would have squeezed in this. We had to get get him in the team. But when we're doing um, 
I don't know demos demos in training, Marv. I don't know if you still do it with with your yeah, yeah. With your your players and all that sort of stuff. But I, I've got no power, zero power really. I can I can I, I can do a little demo, but it's but it's you can't. I can run in a straight line still, but can't twist and turn and can't really kick the ball. But Jimmy would. So if I served the ball, the players would go, oh, yeah, yeah, nice, David, well done. And then Jimmy would, and they'd go, whoa. And everybody would just realise what a superstar striker he absolutely was. His rocket shots from with no backlift, a bit like Julian Judge, it just was sensational. Would catch keepers out in training when he'd been packed up for, for however long he's been right. packed up. So it, uh, we knew each other from, uh, from through my wife, Sarah, and uh, a mutual friend. And we, we got on well from there. And unfortunately, no, we had little time together it's good that's fun and then that's fantastic because i mean two things stands out to me and i don't know i've never met jimmy floyd at a bank but everyone knows of him because obviously like you said he was a top striker in the premiership i mean he must have had so many different people who we could have chose from who he played with who he could have like brought in as an assistant because like that's what the game's about you know the, the players you play with and you grow up and you get to trust them and then two for him again to put himself in a little bit outside of his comfort zone because no disrespect to Burton that they're not a big ish club where the likes of maybe a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank would go to so I mean that yeah. speaks volumes for him I mean again like I said I think, as a person. I think you're absolutely right Marvin I think that's a really big point um it, it, there was some really good work at Burton actually with, with Gary Rowett previously but Jimmy took the club on definitely uh, ben Robinson was the chairman there. I think he was a very important, still is very important to that relationship. Jimmy and Ben got on really well together. So Jimmy didn't have to go through anybody else to get to the decision making and he, the maker. He could really do what he wanted to do in that time. And I think for Jimmy, Jimmy was it had a really nice balance of superstar striker, famous, whatever, but really good for the boys at Burton. Worked them really hard really loved them, really looked after them, tried to do everything he could for them. Uh, uh, and the same at Queen's Park Rangers. And he was, he, he was really found a really nice balance of, 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 of having to sort of manage that expectation and all that sort of stuff at a club lower than obviously where he'd played, but he got promoted from league two. He, he left Burton at the top of league one. And, and, and I'm sure if they had a little bit more time at QPR, which is, which is tricky at any football club, um, would, would do really well. And I can't wait for him to, to get back into it at some because he, he's, uh, he's a really good person and a, and a really good manager. Excellent. 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 Well, thank you so much for your time um, on My Best Eleven podcast. I hope you've um, enjoyed it. Um, is there any thank message you. you want to um, give to fans of any clubs or anybody? I know you mentioned your dad and anybody like that who you want to thank yeah. for an opportunity fans well, wise. There's, there's too many to thank. I mean, all those coaches, like Marvin said, of early days at Luton and, and all the way through. I feel very fortunate to have to still be involved in it now and, and so many important people. Um, thank you for thinking of me, Marv, Andrew, because it's been it's been really interesting to go back through. It's been quite difficult um, trying to remember and then go back. I mean, thank goodness for the Internet. Otherwise, you've been double trouble, wouldn't you? But, it's um it's been a really nice experience so thank you for thinking of that but I mean the fans the, the clubs the football is brilliant isn't it we're so lucky to be involved in it in whichever way we are the training with the kids the enthusiasm the kids bring through the game I mean that's they're the most fostering that enthusiasm for the for the children the girls and boys who want to play the game and I think that's uh, that's brilliant I think we, we are so lucky to be involved and around uh, such a great excellent. 
Definitely. Well, thank you very much for your time. And that was David Oldfield's My Best Eleven. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe at My Best Eleven Pod and leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Best Eleven Pod. Email mybest11pod at gmail.com.